Welcome to Retire Coast, where we discuss all things retirement, life on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and your financial welfare. Bill Anderson, your host, is a serial entrepreneur, having created many successful businesses and holds a real estate broker's license, speaks about personal experiences with each topic. Listen, learn, and improve the quality of your life. Well, thank you for joining me again at RetireCoast.com's podcast. I want to talk about something today that I have talked about in blog articles and a few podcasts on a couple of other sites. And over the years, most of the time when I talk about this topic, which is going to be retirement and when to take Social Security, I'll try to stick on this topic There's so many things to do with retirement. Uh, I have been more or less cautious about what I would suggest. But I have talked to a number of people over the last couple of years who have been either thinking about taking Social Security, they're getting around to that point in their lives, or they have decided to take it. And so I have seen on those ones that have taken it, I've seen the um, situation develop and how that has occurred for a number of people. And then for those people that want to take it, I see the eagerness in some cases that they want to jump right in at age 62 and get that. And then uh, some others are doing a real good job of planning and they're looking at doing this at age 70 or at least when they can be Uh, taking Social Security without any penalty for working. So I'm going to give you my renewed take on this from that experience with these people that I have spoken to. And I also do a lot of reading too. I have to keep up on everything that's going on. Now we all know that Social Security, as most of you do, Social Security has just given a fairly large increase uh, 8.4%, I believe. And then the previous year it was fairly high to around 5%. Now those increases don't really count in the decision-making process, quite frankly, because there will be some increases in future years and they all deal with inflation. And the fact is that Social Security's bump up is always in arrears. In other words, you've already gone through an entire year where you could have used that money and when they give it to you, well, you know, inflation is probably higher. Now, at the tail end, obviously, uh, as inflation starts to drop, then you'll have that higher amount you got the year before. But believe me, it's never enough for anybody to make a big difference. So I want to kind of set that aside a little bit as uh, just a little side discussion and get into the real crux of this. Are you going to take it at 62 or you're going to take it at 66 or 67, depending on your age, or are you going to take it at age 70? Now you can crunch the numbers and everybody can crunch numbers. A lot of my friends and people I've talked to have sat down and said, well, I'm a certain age and if I take this money and put it in a savings account, I can make some money on this over a period of time. And this is how I'm going to, justify taking it at say 62 for example or taking it at 66. Well you can do all the math in the world here but let me tell you one thing that you cannot avoid and that is fear okay it's gonna be there 
and no matter what you have done, unless you happen to be a uh, Mr. Musk, who's got trillions of dollars or billions of dollars, whatever he's got, so much money, you can't even count it all. For the vast majority of people, they have to be concerned that they're going to have enough money to last their lifetimes. Many people are considering retiring early. That means in their early 60s, sometimes even late 50s. And while I might say that that's okay, basically they're going to do something. Okay, there's no such thing as sitting on the couch for 30 years. Well, maybe somebody does it, but you know most of us aren't going to do that. We're going to need to uh, take a look at our income. And if you, whatever you thought you put away, you might have put away 200,000, 300,000, 500,000, whatever. There's always something that eats away at that money. And uh, I can tell you that from personal experience. And let me just give you a couple of things here just so that you understand this. So I have a truck, a nice truck. And I put some gasoline in the diesel truck, a little bit, not much. Uh, the end result was a bill for $18,000. Now, it should have been covered by the insurance company, and, and I'm fighting them to go into the legal process. But nevertheless, I had to cough up $18,000 in order to get my truck repaired. So I went back to my retirement budget, and believe me, I did all the work ahead of time. And I was planning for years on this. And you know what? I could not find a line item in there for $18,000 to repair my truck. I kept looking and looking and looking, and I thought, well, how stupid of, of me is that? I should have known this five years ago or 10 years ago when I was doing my planning that I was going to have to put out $18,000 for something, okay? Uh, all right, so then that's something I had to deal with, and I had to pull that out of a pot of money that I would otherwise have earned some income on. Okay, now that changes the dynamics for mine. Now, fortunately for me, I have so many activities going on that uh, I have income from other things, so that is not a, uh, a big problem. But it could easily be for a lot of people. What happens if you get into an accident and your insurance company doesn't cover it all? Or you get sued, for example, and you don't have enough money, your insurance company doesn't cover it all. Those are, those are just those things that, that could possibly happen, probably fairly rare. But what is not rare? is the fact that most people when they plan ahead for retirement and they start looking at their numbers before they take their social security they think of the big things well, we have a house payment we have you know the mortgage we have insurance we have taxes on the house and then we have vehicles so we might have maybe one vehicle payment but you know did you count that insurance and the fact that insurance is going to go up with your age and if you get into an accident and your insurance is canceled and you have to get this new kind of risk type insurance um, did you factor all of that in okay and what about the registrations on your vehicles now i was very thorough and i created a budget which is on the website which is retirecoast.com it's pretty extensive but i have just recently taken a look at this after i created it five years ago and i found there is so much not there uh, let me just hit uh, loosely on the medical side, which is the one side that people just have extreme difficulty planning for. And let me just tell you some basic kind of things here. Now, we're going to get back to the, the 62 and the 
66 and 70 uh, type of thing. But let me just tell you a little bit about the medical side. So you're going to have to pay to go see the doctors. Now, most people are going to see at least three doctors a, a, a year. They're going to see a maybe a dermatologist. Your stuff grows all over your body. You want to have it taken off, right? Uh, you're going to go and see the uh, dentist. Uh, things happen. You know, you get a ch chipped tooth or you get a cavity. Uh, you're going to want to see the, the, um, the doctor that does all of those internal exams, you know, that one that they do about every two years or three years, depending on your age and your condition. If they find a polyp in there or something, you may have to do it more often. So there's that cost. And even if that cost is paid for by Medicare, which it normally is, there's still the cost to go in and see the doctor. And those, you know, co-payments could be anywhere from $20 to $100. And you'll see these so co-payments. So if there are two people, you have lots of co-payments during the years. You go and see the doctors for lots of things. What about the your eyes are going to be a little bit worse over a period of time? So you see an ophthalmologist or optometrist. So you have all those co-payments to pay. And then you have glasses to buy. There's a lot of things in that. We're talking healthy people here. The people that aren't going into situations where they have to have an operation and they have to put up some cash because Medicare doesn't cover it all. Uh, or they are taking some type of medications that the government's not covering uh, at a very large rate. Now, some of those things are paid for entirely, you know, such as the uh, Stanton drugs and some things like that. But there are other drugs that are not, and you may have to pay for those. And, and there may be something that happens to you later that you aren't aware of now when you're planning for retirement. Maybe you're right around 60 or so, for example, and you look at yourself and say, yeah, I'm pretty healthy. Okay, and that's great. Okay, don't get me wrong, but you need to plan for not being healthy, and you need to plan for wellness checks, too. Now, uh, those will be covered at no charge for you, but office visits, um, uh, having your blood drawn, um, those kinds of things, they start to eat up your money. And if you're on a fixed income and you haven't budgeted for all of this, it's going to be a shock for you. And believe me, it seems like you're nickel and diming yourself to death. A lot of people that are retired, especially in their 70s and older, find that their best friends are their doctors because they see them about as often as they see the rest of the family. And they're going there all the time spending money. And uh, sometimes people have budgeted for that, but more often I think they have not. And that's just on the medical side. Let's get back into these vehicles again. So you have the vehicle registration, you have the vehicle insurance, you have vehicle maintenance. You don't know what's gonna go wrong with those. What happens if you buy another car? You're gonna be paying not only the cost of that vehicle, you're gonna be paying the uh, interest payment on financing it, or that big sales tax chunk that you're gonna to have to pay too. Do you factor all of that in? And the fact that a newer car is gonna be coming with a higher price tag for insurance. So as you get into any one of these topics, food. So are you going to sit at home every night, every day? You're going to eat three meals a day at home and cook at home. That might be good for you, but most people need to get out periodically. And if they put in their budget that they're going to go out to eat, say, two or three times a week, what did they put in their budget? You better budget a lot more because inflation is not going to go away. It may go down for a while, but it's going to go back up. And over a period of time, years, you're going to be retired for 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years. The cost of a meal is not going to be $15 or $20. It's going to be $40 or $50 or $60 or $70. So when you plan 
it cannot be a static number, a fixed number. That number has to go up year after year after year. You have to have a factor to raise the amount of money that you're going to expend for everything. And that includes, for example, an office visit with a doctor. Uh, that may go up by $2 or $3 over a period of time. So you're going to have to add all of that. The uh, simplistic myth that a lot of people use is simply just taking and listing out all of their supposed costs and saying, okay, it comes out to $5,000 a month, for example, or $3,000 or $2,000, whatever it is, and I'm going to make this much money and I can cover this. That's not right. That's not good. And you need to do all of that frankly, that budgeting and planning process before you can effectively determine whether you should take Social Security at 62 or 66 or 67 or 70. And I'm strongly suggesting here, uh, you can go see your financial advisor, you can talk to your children, uh, you can, um, you know, do whatever you think you need to do to get some advice from other people, is to say that you should not take it at 62. Even if you are desperate, try to get a job. Try to get some part-time income in. There's a lot of ways to make money. You might be able to make money on the internet. Ask a friend if they need some help someplace. Do the best thing you can to absolutely avoid taking it at 62. It will be devastating on you for two main reasons. One is it's about half of what you'd get at 70, and you're going to live a long time. Even if you think you may not live a long time, you probably will. You know, Murphy's Law okay, uh, works the opposite way as well. So if you take that at 62, that's one of the things is that reduction, severe reduction, when you need it most when you're older, the other thing is, if you have to go back to work, if or you might be working now, if you're working and you take it at 62, the IRS and the Social Security folks, man, they're just going to dice up that number and they're going to start reducing it. If you're getting $1,000, it's going to be reduced. I don't know, maybe $500 or something. So you're cutting into your free money by doing that at 62. That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, maybe it makes sense to you if you're extremely desperate, but you cannot get a legitimate job and earn income between 62 and 66 or 67 without losing a portion of that income. They're going to take it away from you, and you're still going to be paying into Social Security. So it's not a good move for that reason and the other reason that half of that money goes away. And you may think you need it now, but what are you going to do if you're destitute uh, later on when you're 70 years old and you're still getting that 62-year-old rate? I strongly suggest that <clears throat> you consider putting it off until 66 or 67. And for many of you, especially if you're in your 50s, there's a good possibility you'll be working in your 60s. And actually, that's not a bad thing because if you're working, you can apply for Social Security when you're 66 or 67 and receive the full benefit at the same time that you're working. Also, if you're making a lot of money when you're working and you're paying into Social Security, there's a real good possibility that the amount you're going to get in future years up until you're 70 years old will be higher 
So if you start taking it as 66, for example, if that's your year, uh, and you're and you've made a, you're making a lot of money, and you're paying into Social Security, then when you're 67, that uh, that payment you're going to get may go up, uh, and it may go up at 68, 69. So that happened to me. I happened to be in the right uh, situation where I actually earned more, and I took it at 66. Now my reason for doing that is because I had my planning all set up and I'm not going to get into all my personal issues here except that it worked out real well for me at that rate and um, and I decided to do it however I would also suggest that most people not not everyone but most people give strong consideration to waiting until you're 70 particularly if you can continue to work because that extra amount of money is going to be a security blanket for you of sorts when you get a little bit older because you don't want to sweat about where you're going to get all the money that you need to pay for these additional things that you didn't budget for even if you budgeted for them I'm telling you it's you're gonna need more you're gonna need more than you planned on you can't plan for everything as good as I am at planning I have found how about the eighteen thousand dollars and that's not the only thing uh, if you have a boat or a motorhome, you know, all those things are going to do is just drag down your retirement. Now, they're, they're fun, and that may be a great thing for you to do. But if you have a motorhome, you know what I'm talking about here. You'll spend money and spend money and spend money and spend money. And I'm telling you from personal experience, uh, there it's a never-ending uh, money pit. Same thing with boats or any other toys that you have. If you have a second home that you're not using very often, it's not being rented out, you have no income coming in, it still needs maintenance. That's going to drag on you as well. If you have a vacation rental right now, uh, as I'm speaking, and you know, it's going to change later on, but it's going to be tough. You know, a lot of people aren't making enough money to make their mortgage payments, and they may be retired and they hadn't planned on that. So what I'm saying to you is whatever your planning is, plan for the worst. That is the best way and the healthiest way mentally so that you're not always stressed out. You know, when you get older, uh, your health starts to wear out. That's just a fact of life. You can't add to that by bringing stress into your life. And money is one of the major stressors. So if you're listening to me and you're in your 50s your or your 40s and you're in your early 60s and you want to start planning, avoid that 62, taking that, that Social Security at that point in time and wait until you're a little bit into that window where you can take Social Security and you can work or push it off until age 70. Uh, which I would suggest for anyone that can possibly get to that point. Remember that uh, safety valve at 65 of Medicare is going to help you a great deal. Medicare is a really good insurance policy. Not as good as the policies we had before Obamacare. Um, just so you know, Obamacare required corporations to reduce the benefits that they were giving to employees or they couldn't write it off as a tax deduction. So you may remember that your deductibles went way up, some of the coverages changed, 
the cost was higher, uh, even if the company was paying most of it, but your the amount that you paid went up, and the deductibles and the coverage, all those things were changing, not for the good, actually, uh, to make those policies n not anywhere near as good as they used to be. And then I was on one of those, and then, of course, I popped on to uh, the Medicare, and all of a sudden, the Medicare takes care of almost everything. Now, I'm in pretty good health, so I don't have any issues like a lot of other people have, but it still takes care of almost everything. The point I'm trying to make is that for a lot of people that don't have adequate insurance as they're approaching the age 65, as soon as they get to be 65 and they are not getting insurance from another company someplace, then they can take Medicare and that reduces the financial burden on people, even those ones that took uh, Social Security at 62. So you'll reduce your financial burden for the Medicare costs, medical costs at 65, and then if you wait until you're 66 or so, you'll do much better, or wait till you're 70, you won't need as much money to pay medical costs because uh, Medicare kicks in at 65. So. Sorry about uh, bringing that up as a kind of a little bit of a side here, but I think it's important in your overall planning to understand that. You don't need to pay for all kinds of extra insurances. Uh, a lot of people have trouble making that transition because they may want to leave their job at 62, for example, but they won't be covered by Medicare until they're 65. And if you have shopped the cost of medical insurance of separate policies, it's very high. That's what prohibits a lot of people from taking at 62 because they need to work until they get past 65 and then they might as well go to 66 where they can get uh, Medicare and then they can retire from their jobs. Um, so that's all I'm going to talk about today on this. Again, I, I recommend that you wait until you're 66 or 67 at the minimum, but preferably at 72. I think you'll hear a lot of that from different people that talk to you. And uh, some people may say, well, under your circumstances, it should be 62. Well, I'm not sure that they understand your circumstances. Basically, your circumstances may improve significantly if you wait until later when you get that extra money instead of just looking at that number that's right around the corner and maybe you're not making as much money at work and you go, oh, I can get all this extra money and I'll be great. But you have to think about the long term. Nobody is going to support you but you. Or maybe you have some kids that are. Well, that's fine. You can factor that in. But what happens if they can't do it? All I'm saying here is that in your budgeting, factor the worst situation, which is the best way to do it. Come up with a complete budget. You can go to our website at retirecoast.com and you can use ours. We're going to improve it, but it's already pretty good in there. Pick up the article on uh, the best budget and then use that and budget first before you make a decision. Understand what you're doing before you make a decision. Before, Don't even call anybody else. Put your own numbers down together before you start shopping around for uh, advice on this and then give them the information that you've already put together. That will help somebody make an informed decision, especially if you're talking to your children, for example, your adult children about this and you want their recommendation. Tell them where you're at financially before you do that and they may come to the same conclusions I have come to. However, it's your decision in the end and I am not giving you any advice that you should act on unless you want to. 
I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just laying it out there for you, and you can make your own decision. Thank you for coming to our podcast, retirecoast.com, and I hope you come to some others.